Hi, welcome back to Rorick Knows Podcast. I'm Rod Rorick. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon in Dallas, Texas, and uh, helping you become a better and informed you. Well, we've been doing the podcast for a while now, and people always ask me, said, well, what is your background? What do you do? Where do you come from? And so I recently did a, uh, a podcast for uh, one of our journals, Global Open, uh, with a, an amazing plastic surgeon from the UK, and he's here with us t today. So, Mamil, welcome. Welcome to uh, my podcast. And, and, and Dr. Gokhani is a uh, consultant plastic surgeon, which means like he's a board-certified plastic surgeon, but he's a consultant plastic surgeon in London. And uh, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. For, I know it's late in the UK, but uh, we uh, really appreciate you joining us. Absolutely, Dr. Rorick. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. As you said, we had a chat about a month or so ago, maybe a little bit longer, and we really got into the weeds of of you and kind of uh, and, and the essence of Rorick, what it what it kind of feels like, not what it means, what it really feels like. And I, and I thought we'd kind of dive into that, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So just have at it. I mean, nothing's uh, no holes barred here. So he's going to ask me the questions. I'll be like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> well, so I'm going to start with the beginnings, the, the origin story. Tell me about your, your background. So, well, you know, I grew up in a uh, small, small little village in North Dakota called Zealand. It's a, it's a German-Russian community. I didn't speak English till I was six. And uh, it was a farm and a ranching community. And that's kind of where I grew up with the work ethic and surrounded by, you know, people that really helped mold, mold me, just like, you know, anybody else, you know, those formative years are the first five to seven years of your life. It was great. A little cold, though, in North Dakota. <laughs> different, to, different to Dallas, eh? Hey? Yes, <laughs> a lot different. <laughs> And any siblings? I have two older uh, brothers, one of them who runs our ranch and, and farms now, and then one who's, a re who's retired from the military. So, But they were all a couple years older than me, and I, I was the youngest in our group of three. So two older brothers. You'll, yeah. you'll keep in touch? Oh, absolutely, all the time. In fact, I just celebrated my birthday, and they all came. You know, They live all around the country. And uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we're very close, and uh, unfortunately, my parents have passed, you know, in the last couple of years. But they were awesome. I mean, they really helped mold who you are, and they certainly, they certainly did that in in my life as well. So, so, so tell me, what if I was going to ask you, what three things did you get from your parents that really came from your parents? Then, well, I, I would say first and foremost, it's. Uh, get up early, work hard, the work ethic is unbelievable, you know, and be straight and honest with yourself and the people around you. And if you do all those things, you'll be successful in life. And really, those are the things that we did every day. We got up early, we did all the chores, then we went to school at seven, and we always, always said what we were going to do, and we delivered, and that's what my parents showed us. And I think the biggest thing they showed me also is that, you know, they don't just talk about it, they do it, and they lived it. You know, they were farmers and ranchers, and that's a tough life. And, and you grow up with that work ethic, I mean, there's no turning back. There's no doubt that you have that in you now. You know, I think 
I've heard you described as the hardest working plastic surgeon in the world. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. That's, well, well, well I've, I've, heard, I've heard it said. But kind of going back, were you always going to be a plastic surgeon? When do you remember thinking, I want to do plastics? So how did you get into medicine first, I suppose? Well, you know, I got into medicine because there was nobody... First of all, I didn't have any role models in medicine because the, the, the nearest healthcare facility was 100 miles away. So it was very Darwinian. If you survived to get to that healthcare facility, you could get healthcare. So uh, I just wanted to be able to say, it, you know, I want to become a physician because I wanted to help people get good healthcare. And, you know, where I grew up, you know, healthcare was out of reach, really. Uh, we barely had veterinarians because, you know, there's, there's probably thousands and thousands more cattle and animals than people in North Dakota. But healthcare, even today, healthcare is so much better there, but it's, it's still remote. So to me, it was a, a reach of wanting to say, hey, why can't we do better? And why can't we get, get healthcare, you know, for people that are, you know, that need it? So take me through your medical training. Where did you go to uh, med school and, well, and from that? Well, I went to medical school at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, and uh, which was a phenomenal medical school. I, I um, Really, it was the beginning of who and what I am in plastic surgery. And when I went to Baylor, it was, it, it was a place where cardiac surgery was king and Dr. DeBakey was walking the halls and I was fortunate to be on his service. Of course, he's a world famous, he was a world famous heart surgeon. And that's what we all wanted to be until one day he asked, he said to me, why don't you go see uh, this plastic surgeon who's a friend of mine, it happened to be Mel Spira, who's a world, who was the chair of the plastic surgery there. And he was doing a cleft lip, and which is a hair lip, and I said, Wow, that's amazing. And he said, you know, he said, why don't you just scrub in? And I was a third year medical student. And I said, sure. And after that, changed my life. It was after that, I said, okay, I want to be that. I want to do that. I want to be able to take somebody that's, you know, physically deformed and restore them and make them look normal. And so that, that got me into plastic surgery because after that, I said, that's what I want to do. No longer heart surgery. And thank goodness. because. <laughs> You know, it changed it changed my life, but uh, you know, you always have to do something that you would do without being paid to do it. So I go to work every day, and I'm not really working. I'm I'm doing the things I love to do to this day. You know, 30 years later, and that's I think what drives each of us. And it's so hard sometimes when you're talking to people that don't love what they do, they say, "I can't wait till I'm." done with work. I can't wait till I'm retiring. I'm, are you kidding me? You know, and that's the difference, I think, for us and for you as well. Don't you think? I mean, you love what you do. You told me you did this microsurgery case under local today. I mean, you know, you like it, see it in your, in, in your gleam in your eyes that you love that. And so if you love I what you do, they pay me to do it. Exa right. exactly. <laughs> you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And, you know, my mother told me that so often. You know, I mean that's so true. And plastics is so varied. How do you decide, or how did you decide which bit you loved at the time? Because you've been through a number of careers throughout right. your career. 
Right. Well, you know what? I, I'm a slow learner. I didn't learn immediately because, I, you know, I did craniofacial and pediatric surgery at Oxford. I went to the University of Michigan. Then I went to so Oxford. I did craniofacial pediatric surgery with Mike Poole, a great unit at Oxford. And so I love craniofacial and pediatric plastic surgery. And then, um, then I came back and I did hand and microsurgery at Harvard with Dr. Jim May. So I did all of those things and I combined them and then I came to Dallas to help start and really you know, make the program at UT Southwestern and Parkland what it is today. And, uh, and you know, it was all focus, hard work and uh, you know, never giving up. I mean, there's always, there's obstacles in the way every day. And I think people should not view obstacles as getting in your way, but as stepping stones to success. And I think, People today don't do that. They say, oh, I failed. Well, you know, look at your great leader, Winston Churchill. If he just said, I'd give up, man, we probably wouldn't be where we were today because he really he really was the guy that was responsible for for really helping us win the war, I think. I mean, I mean, obviously, in getting the U.S. in it, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about lots of lessons that you've, you've learned. Who, who do you think was your biggest influence at work oh at work okay you know uh i would say you know i've had several incredible mentors you know from dr spira when i was a medical student to drs dingman and grab these are all big names in plastic surgery in michigan and then of course uh uh jim may in harvard and then and then it's people like Jack Gunter in Dallas who really brought me here because he was a world-class plastic surgeon and, and a rhinoplastic surgeon. But I think that finding the right mentor at the time and emulating him and then being able to incorporate what they do. And then you know what? You want to go above and beyond because I love it. You know, I've, I've had, I now have over 10 people that run plastic surgery chairs in the United States and you know, they're all rock stars, but they are now doing it better than I did, you know? And I love that because you want people to do better than you. And so on the shoulders of giants, you can see new horizons, I always say. So, and I try and tell my kids that too. And uh, so I think being around smart people helps you. And I always tell people, you know, remember in, in your life, you only have five people that will change or influence you. So choose them wisely. They better be as, you know, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room and you always want to learn from them. So if you're not the smartest guy in the room, you got to get out of the room. And if you're not with people that are really energizing you, they shouldn't be your friends. So I, I like to hang out with people that are smart, that are engaging and that are fun too, and, and help you be a better person. And for anybody who hasn't heard of all the names you've mentioned, I mean, I can categorically say that I've either used books they've written, papers they've written, or kit they've described this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are, are real giants whose yeah. shoulders you stand on. And, and you, you keep giving back, don't you? You have trainees right. um, who, and fellows who come and learn from you. Right. And what do you, how do you think they describe you? How do they describe me? Well, I think they, um, I think they're energized because in the mornings I get there at 5.30, 6.30 and I, I do my elevator talk coming up and talking to them and then I try and energize them with, you know, a thought for the day or something that 
they can learn that makes them appreciate why they're here training with me, whether it's a, a pearl or something about themselves. Because, you know, when I, when I train people, I want them not just to learn the art of plastic surgery, but I want them to learn about how to be the best person you can be. And there's a big difference there. So, you know, one of the residents that was with me recently said, you know, the great thing about coming to, to visit with you, Dr. Rourke, is that you know, not only am I learning, you know, the best of the best in plastic surgery, but I'm learning what it's like to be a person and to 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 love what I do every day, because I like to I like to emanate positivity. And if you're not emanating positivity, you know, why are you here? And you know, and I do that with my patients too, because sometimes patients, you know, they come in and they're not as positive as as they probably should be. So you have to elevate them. And you know, in plastic surgery, half of what we do is psychology and psychiatry, and the other half is plastic surgery, because our goal is to energize them and say, hey, this is really, what we did is really good for you, and don't worry, the result is gonna be forthcoming. And certainly in what I do every day in rhinoplasty and faceless, you know, this, you know, everybody has to go through the wound healing period, so we have to keep them you know, pumped up during that time period. But do you ever get tired? I mean, you get to work at 5.30 in the morning. Do you ever get tired? Well, yeah, but you know, being tired is kind of a, you know, it. you can get energized pretty easily. But of course you get tired. I mean, I try and get more sleep. I used to be able to just get three, four hours of sleep and I'm trying to get five or six now. But I think, um, you know, life is not a dress rehearsal. So you don't want to spend a lot of your time sleeping. So you want to keep energized. And, you know, I think the biggest thing with uh, keeping energized is staying focused and have, and have a purpose-driven life. If you are purpose-driven, I think everything else falls into place. I see so many people that, you know, they retire, they go someplace, and all of a sudden they're not doing well. You can't walk your dog every day or play golf every day. You've got to be focused on what's next. If you don't have an energy level or an, some type of anticipation of what's next, uh, I don't think you're, um, you're helping yourself. And so we talked a lot about work and keeping up energy at work. Do you go home and just want to down? And how do you make sure your family gets the best of you as well? <laughs> well, you know, it's work-life balance. And of course, my kids are now grown. But, you know, I think I... No, am I good at work-life balance? I don't think I was initially. I think I was better for my daughter than for my son. But, you know, you try and, you know, they understand. You know, I think one thing kids know is that they're very smart. You can't tell them what to do, but you can show them what you do. So they, you know, they're both incredibly smart. They, you know, one, one's a world-class ballerina, now she's going to go to medical school. The other one is computer science. But, you know, they watch what you do. You know, you can tell them do your homework, but if they don't, if they also see you doing your work and, and working every day, I think that's important. And my wife's so, a plastic surgeon as well, so they, it's very important for them to see who you are, because you know it's all about role modeling. You know, you can tell them stuff, but it's role modeling, and they people want to role model after people they want to emulate, and also, I think it's good to do that and to give back, and you know, and hopefully I've instilled some of that in my kids. Um, you know, time will tell, but I think I have. And sometimes I'm sure they think, God, Dad is just, you know, he's over the top. He's asking too much of me. But, you know, so my residents do the same thing sometimes and my fellows. But, you know, I never, ever ask anybody to do anything more that I would do. 
So whether it's rounding in morning or night, I mean, I I never tell any or ask anybody to do anything I, don't, I wouldn't do myself. And I think that's important versus, you know, you see people that tell people to do things and, you know, it's got to be a level of respect that you have for yourself, but also for others. So. You said you were a plastic surgeon. Did you ever think, do you work together? Yeah, well, we did, we have in the past, but you know she's in private practice by herself. But she just actually recently retired. But no, she, we did work together uh, sometimes for complicated cases, free flaps and things like that. But you know she does probably primarily breast and body. I do, you know I I do face and and nose. Did you ever think that you did you ever think of having a a dual practice? office or clinic where no I, I think I don't think you should do that I mean I never did that because I think first of all I was in academics till the last 10 years and she was in private practice but I think you know it's good to have that professional space we talk a lot about medicine obviously and plastic surgery but I think it's good to I mean that's just in my world and uh, and you know she is you know the guiding light you know for myself and also for my kids so you know it's good to have that space yeah. Yeah, and do you think that that helps you to have balance and helps you to have a work-life balance when you don't work together? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think it helps you to become more focused on what's important. You know, like in your life, it's, you know, it's your kids. And at the end, you know, you always have to say, well, what's really important? I mean, all these other things, traveling, you know, and, and lecturing and doing all these things, that's important. But, you know, in the end, it's about your family and your friends and and did you make a difference? And I mean, did you really give back? Did you really, did you really change, you know, what you set out to do? You know, did you change plastic surgery? Did you make it a better place? And, you know, if you can say yes, then that's laudable. Hmm. I saw on Instagram that you recently had a lovely birthday party. <laughs> yes. What, what caught my eye was the number of people who I see are absolute celebrities who were in your midst at that party. Yeah. Your friends are, are, are the giants in plastic surgery, aren't they? So, well, yeah, a lot of them are. You know, I, we grew up together. You know, remember, you surround yourself with great people. You know, you want to become great, just surround yourself with great people. That's why I have a great staff. You know, you're only as good as the staff with you. And the, and the weakest link is what, what really is the weakest link in your whole life. So, yeah, I am very fortunate to have great friends, great, great, great friends, great family. And it was fun. You know, my wife put it on and it was super. We had like 100 people from around the world. But it was great. And, uh, you know, it was fun. But, you know, it's part of, you know, what you do and what you give back. I think that's important. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, and tell me if I'm if I'm out of bounds here, but you talked about retirement. Do you think about retirement? Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think you, you know, retirement is one of those, uh, you know, if you know, effusive goals. I think you should think about what's next. You know, you should think about what is next in your career. What's next that's going to be purpose driven in your life? You know, I look at it like that, and I would say. You know, what is next is what I think I can really still master and do something that's really, really focused in the next five, 10 years. So, so it really should be what's next for you. And it's different for everybody, you know, and I think that what is next really puts into 
perspective. And, and as long as you love and are great at what you do, you should keep doing it. Because I, I see people that are 30, 40, 50, 60, and they like or don't like what they're doing. And so I'm trying to emulate those that have been very successful. And most of the time, it's people that are very, very focused and purpose-driven on being excellent at what they do. Whether, you know, you go and become, um, you know, a coin collector or it's or become expert at something new that's what's important and it energizes you so right now what i do energizes me a lot and that's you know operating teaching lecturing around the world and hanging out with my kids i mean those are all good things and as long as you can do that and you have to stay fit mind and body because you you know one begets the other and i think that becomes more important you know as you mature in life. So I think you shouldn't neglect any of that. I'm gonna go for it. We wanna to get to know Dr. Rorick. What is next? Give us a scoop. What is next for Dr. Rorick? <laughs> so, well, I think doing things like this, talking to people like you, I think I love doing, um, I love teaching globally. One thing I learned in COVID is that, you know, I used to go lecture to two, 300 people or, or 50 people. During COVID, I would lecture on Zooms to seven, eight hundred, or a thousand people, especially in the peak of COVID. I'm going, wow, this is pretty impactful. And I think so, COVID had a lot of negative things, but the positive things was that it gave you an incredible reach to give back and do things. And that's one of the reasons we started my podcast and getting involved in the Plastic Surgery Channel uh, with Dr. Adams has really been great because. You know, the world today is not just here in Dallas or any place else or the UK, but I can reach everybody, and so can you, by doing things like this. So that's the global what's next for for Rod Rorick is, you know, making a, a, a more of an impactful impact in a different way, uh, you know, in education and other areas too. But I think that's what's next for me. Well, I remember during the pandemic, you very kindly spoke on uh, my lecture series yes. where you had a packed room, a thousand people over Zoom with 400, I think, 53 wait in the waiting room. So you, you had a big number. But that leads me on to this. And it's the word expert. OK, um, people band around the word expert quite a lot. And people talk about you being an expert as well. But what makes... I'm going to go for it. What makes you an expert? Yeah. Well, I think it's really probably three things. It's, uh, you know, your ability, you know, your experience and you know, your experience in having done, let's just say rhinoplasty, you know, your experience having done over 8,000 rhinoplasties and then your expertise in being able to teach it and innovate in it and have others become experts. That's number two. And then number three is really exceptional results. So in other words, you can't only show them, you can teach it and have to have others do it, but you also have to show excellent results. So those are the three E's, experience, expertise, and exceptional results. That makes you a true expert today. Everybody, everybody's an expert on their website or on social media, and they say they are, but there's very few people that are true experts in anything. You know, you can be an expert in probably two things in your career, and uh, two or three things, and and I think that that's pretty good because being an expert means that you're a game changer. You are truly making a difference, and 
it's impactful. And if you can impact and change somebody's life, that's a big deal today. I mean, most people, you know, when you walk on social media, they're just blabbing. But if you're going to be impactful, you're going to say, wow, I'm going to change what I'm doing. I like that. And you've recently been named kind of one of America or America's top plastic surgeons, especially for rhinoplasty. Can I, can I ask, what does that mean to you? I don't think it means anything more than just being recognized for what you've done for many, many years. You know, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I was named actually a, a, a number one in rhinoplasty facelift, liposuction and eyelid surgery. But, you know, I think that isn't as important as really you're being recognized for things that, you know, we've done for 30 years. You know, we've been teaching, giving back, lecturing, you know, lecture around the world, operate around the world. You know, I think it's just being recognized for some of those things that you have done and are doing. Um, but, I mean, there are a lot of experts out there, but, you know, there are certain different echelons of expertise and experts in, in, uh, in every field, you know, whether it's breast reconstruction or, or facelifts or rhinoplasty. And, um, and, you know, that doesn't mean you're infallible. That means that you probably have made more mistakes than anybody and you know how to fix them. That's about it, you know, so, and nobody's God. I mean, I just talked, I just did a, you know, before I came over here, I just did a really hard revision of rhinoplasty. And, and I'll tell you, that, it challenged me to use so much of my expertise. And, and that's a good thing. And because, you know, expertise comes from learning a lot of the things that didn't go so well, but learning how to do it right. Because an expert, you know, always is working to always make things, you know, better or better best and and that's the difference and throughout your career you've you've chaired and presided over a number of illustrious organizations committees charities um educational events and um, what is your proudest contribution to the specialty well i think to specialty i think is training you know thousands of plastic surgeons in Dallas rhinoplasty, over 15, 17,000. And also my graduates, you know, I've trained over 350 graduates of plastic surgery, 10 or who are chairs uh, in the United States. I think that's a very important thing, you know, at least, you know, in the sphere of plastic surgery, uh, I think, and giving back. I mean, I think to teach somebody and, to, you know, when I look at somebody like today, I, and we, were, we were talking about rhinoplasty, and I, I just saw the light go on in, in one of the chief residents, and that was good, and, and one of the visitors that was with me. And I think that, uh, you know, they say, oh, I finally got it, you know, and I think that's, a, to me, that's very energizing because it says to me, okay, you know what, the day was good, you know. You know, I always tell people, you know, if you learn one new thing and you give back one new thing every day, then that's your day. That's, that's a great day. And the rest is just, you know, icing on the cake. You know, I do the, my three top goals every morning. And if I finish those, it's golden. And all, everything else is, you know, cake. I learned so much more interviewing a second time, uh, Dr. Rorick. <laughs> it's been absolutely fantastic. But I would um, like to ask you one more question. Yep. Can you tell me three words that um, really make you feel Dr. Rorick. So what are three words that describe you best? 
never give up. <laughs> but I take it, I took it from Winston Churchill. Those were his three favorite words during the war and then after the war when he was asked to speak. And honestly, you know, life has ups and downs. You know, success is never a superior trajectory upward. It's always filled with ups and downs because it's never about the end point. It's about the journey. The journey is the most important thing in life. It's not about reaching that peak. Because guess, when you get to that peak, you're always looking at another peak. It's the journey that's so important. And I think, you know, life is a journey and you have to enjoy the journey. When people say to me, oh, I can't wait till I'm done with medical school, I said, no, enjoy the journey because it's a great time. I mean, just like in residency, they have no idea. I said, listen, when you're done with residency, then you really gotta work. You know, you get, you know, there's no more 80 hour work week. There's about a 200 hour work week. And so life is a journey, enjoy it. Right? Oh, that's so true. 200 hour working week, brilliant. All squeezed into five days, I'm sure. Right. Um, Dr. Rory, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and another really inspirational chat. Good. So thank you so much for your time. Well, Emil, thank you so much. You're, you're an excellent, excellent uh, plastic surgeon and you ask very, very, very thoughtful questions. One of the best ever. So I, I'm very proud of you. And I look forward to seeing you. I want to I come back to visit you guys in, in the UK. I'll have to do that sometime in the near future. I used to come to, and I always would go to Oxford when on my way to Europe, but uh, it's been a while. So, okay. All right. Well, thanks again for joining. It's been an honor to have you with us and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.